0: So the first reading for tonight comes from 1 Peter 2, verses 9 to 14. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that although they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority, or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do, the, who do right. And the second reading comes from Luke 19, verses 1 to 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost.
1: <coughs> hey guys. You, good to see you. Hope you've had a great day. And... Um, hope you're ready to give some thought to God's word because the scriptures promise that when we do that, that God will speak to us, that he'll open our eyes and our minds and uh, that we'll be changed people. So we're looking at the passage uh, from Luke chapter 19, the story of Zacchaeus, probably a story that, that you have heard before. Now, if I was going to cast a movie of you know, the life of Jesus... Who would I pick to be Zacchaeus? Danny who said that? Everybody know who Danny DeVito is? The little short guy? Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. In fact, I remember a movie, and if you haven't seen this, you really should uh, get it out of the archives and watch it. It's called Ruthless People, where Danny DeVito, um, this little guy, is, is rich and powerful. And he's married to Bette Midler and she, is, uh, she acts like a bit of a privileged person. She's a bit of a prima donna. She gets kidnapped and uh, held to ransom and you know what? Danny DeVito says, nah, you can have her, I'm not paying anything. That's Zacchaeus. He'd sell his own grandmother if he thought he could make a profit. He is all about the money. And we we, uh, come across him here in Luke chapter 19 where we read that Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector and he was rich. The chief tax collector. He lived in Jericho. Um, If you know where Jericho is, it's down the hill from Jerusalem, down towards the Jordan River. Everything that came across uh, the river from from the east you know, all of those exotic things that were going to come across and go up and be sold in the markets in Jerusalem, they all uh, were taxed by Zacchaeus. Nothing escaped his network. He's a chief tax collector, he's got a whole bunch of other people working for him and nothing escapes uh, his scrutiny and he gets a profit from everything. Okay, that's the kind of guy he is. He is called the chief tax collector uh, because he is the chief, not just of the, you know, not, not just the head of the ATO, but he is he is seen here as the chief uh, sinner, the chief person who God would not be interested in. Why? Because tax collectors were traitors. The Romans didn't collect the tax; they got the local people to do that. So Zacchaeus would have had a deal with the Romans as long as he provided the Romans with so much tax from his area of of the the patch of of Jericho, so long as he paid that annually to the Romans they were happy he could charge any tax he could charge any amount and what was over and above what he needed to pay to the Roman governors, he he got to keep it's a license to make money But the problem was it was all of your friends and family and countrymen and women who you were ripping off. So what did the locals think of Zacchaeus, the the chief tax collector? Well, if they could help it, they would think nothing at all of him because he was a rat. It's a little man. It's a scumbag who's turned against his own people. So... That's that's who Zacchaeus is. In this story, we, we kind of get to the place where Zacchaeus is interest, interested to see Jesus. It says in the text that Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. And you kind of think, he's the least likely guy who would want to see Jesus. What's happened? Perhaps he's heard... Um, that Jesus is a a friend of people who are tax collectors and outcasts. Levi, one of Jesus' inner friends, inner group of disciples, was a tax collector. Maybe Zacchaeus has heard of of Levi. He was in another town, he was in Capernaum, but still maybe he's heard that. Or maybe uh, he's heard some of the teaching of Jesus and he's attracted to that and wants to know more maybe he's kind of having a bit of a midlife crisis and he realises that he has all this money. He is rich. But at what cost? At what cost? People shun him as he walks by. So Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus and Jesus was coming along the road and the crowd had gathered uh, to see him. And Zacchaeus, we're told, is a short guy. Now, if you're a short guy in the Middle East and you're trying to pack into a crowd, where does your head end up? In somebody's armpit. Particularly in the case where the people would see Zacchaeus trying to muscle in so he could kind of get to the front and see Jesus. They'd just move sideways like that and block him out. And, and his head would be just at armpit height in, in hot and, and stinky Jericho. Uh, it wasn't very pleasant. But nobody was giving Zacchaeus anything. This little man, he was stuck at the back. So he took some initiative and he went down the road a bit and he found a a tree, a fig tree, a sycamore fig tree. Like those, have you been to Balmoral and seen the, the fig trees there? Where, you know, little kids love to climb all over them because the branches are low down and whatever. Well, it's a tree like that. And Zacchaeus climbs up the tree so he can actually see over the heads of people. And there's Jesus coming and yes, he's able to see Jesus. Zacchaeus went to see Jesus only to find that Jesus was looking for him. What did Jesus do when he got to Zacchaeus in the tree? He eyeballed him and he said, Zacchaeus, Come down from that tree. Today, I must um, come to your house. Zacchaeus thinks, he knows my name. What else does he know about me? Why would he talk to me? And not only did he just say, Zacchaeus, come down, he said... I must come to your home. There are not many things, uh, any places in in the scriptures where Jesus is said that he must do something. But here is one instance. It's like a divine appointment where Jesus said to Zacchaeus, I must come and visit you. What did the people say? Huh, doesn't he know who this guy is? Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? But Zacchaeus was open uh, to hearing what Jesus had to say and this divine appointment transformed him completely. If you have a look at at, uh, verse 8, you see the the transformation that has happened in Zacchaeus' life. They go back to Zach's place for lunch. He is the richest dude in town. He's got the biggest house, the Jewish uh, kind of architecture. There was a place where you could eat in public and other people could come. So people are gathered at his house. And Zacchaeus has had lunch with Jesus. And then he he says to Jesus in the hearing of everybody else, he says in verse 8, Look, Lord, here and now... I give half of my possessions to the poor. Half of his wealth given to the poor. The cynics would say, well, he should have done that long, a long time ago. You see, part of the, the Jewish way of life was to give to support the, the poor. 10%, maybe more, was given by devout Jews to the poor around them. So Zacchaeus is just paying back taxes. But then he says, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. So the accountants who are listening to this think, this is amazing, I'm going to have clients for four or five years. We're going to have a class action here against Zacchaeus. He has ripped off so many people, they're going to be queuing up to receive not just what he's taken, but four times the amount. Someone will argue, oh, Zacchaeus was a rich man, he could afford that, you know, that didn't make him broke, whatever. That's not the point. The point is that the thing that he loved the most was money. And now he has changed and he's given up that love of money for a relationship with Jesus Christ. He has turned to Jesus and received forgiveness for his repentance as 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 it's seen now if we want to understand this story we need to see it in the context of chapter 18 there are two stories in chapter 18 that i want to point out one of them is if you've got your bible there starts at verse 9 it goes like this to some who are confident in their own righteousness and look down upon everybody else Jesus told this parable. It's a story. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers and adulterers, or even like that tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all that I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance he would not even look up to heaven. And he beat his breast and said, God have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus said, I tell you that as this man, the tax collector, rather than the other who went home justified before God. that The tax collector, perhaps Zacchaeus has heard this story second hand. This hypothetical. Well now Zacchaeus acts that out himself as he stands before Jesus and repents. The second story comes after that and it's, the, it's a story that we know well. It's called the story of the rich young ruler. You know that story where this young dude comes to Jesus and said, what do I need to do to enter the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus says, well, you could start by keeping the commandments. And this guy says, I have kept the commandments. Jesus kind of looked at this guy and he saw right into his heart as to what was the thing that was stopping him from following Jesus. He's a rich man and he's got his life ahead of him and he's got plans. And we read that when Jesus said, what you need to do is sell all your possessions, get rid of that and come and follow me and have riches in heaven. What did the rich young ruler do? The Bible says he went away sad. Sad. He was not prepared to give up his wealth and position to follow Jesus. And here is Zacchaeus who is glad, not sad. He has given away his money gladly because he has met Jesus and he wants to follow Jesus. After the rich young ruler, the disciples say to Jesus after that story, who then can be saved? If this guy can't be saved, who can be saved? And Jesus says, humanly speaking, or with man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And here in the story of Zacchaeus, we see that through God, all things are possible. The man who was the least likely guy in Jericho for Jesus to speak to, the man who was the least likely in Jericho to give away his money, even if it was ill-gained. See, what is impossible, humanly speaking, is possible with God. And Jesus says... Today's salvation has come to this house. Zacchaeus has become a follower of Jesus. The impossible has been made possible. Now as we finish, I want to um, ask you to just think in your mind of someone in your, your life, maybe a friend at work, at school, wherever, might be a family member. Someone who is anti-Christian big time. Someone who you think would never likely come to church or turn to Jesus for salvation. Can you think of someone like that? Okay, you you got someone? Now what I want you to do is to ask me, do you think that God can do the impossible in their life and actually bring them to faith in Jesus. Do you think that? Are you, are you willing to, to pray just now quietly in your own mind that God might break through and that that person who is the least likely for you, your Zacchaeus, that God might work a miracle in their life? Because with God, all things are possible. So we just say a quiet prayer that you actually might be a part of that process, of that person coming to know Jesus. And as we just hang on to that for a moment, let me finish. It's All Saints Day, and you think, why on earth have I chosen to talk about Zacchaeus? Well, let me say there are two reasons that I've, cho- that I've picked this passage for today. And the first one is because Zacchaeus is a saint. Zacchaeus shows us how to become a saint. By turning to Jesus and putting everything else as secondary to your relationship with Jesus repenting and uh, turning to him, and then you are brought into the family of God. Zacchaeus was restored to the, uh, the Old Testament people, to the family of Abraham. He's a son of Abraham. So if you're a saint, rejoice. If you've come to faith in Jesus Christ, that you've turned away from your sins, rejoice it's a great day isn't it it's all saints day we all can rejoice together that's the first thing it's a it's a great joy and if you don't know that joy well then come and speak to me or speak to jimmy afterwards we'd love to help you to know that joy of of being one of the saints of god but once once we have done that we are then part of the family we're all saints And we share in the mission of Jesus. What does Jesus say to uh, to Zacchaeus in the last verse, Luke 19, verse 10? The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's Jesus' mission as the Son of Man. Now, Jesus is not physically here to carry out that mission today. But by his Holy Spirit, he carries out that mission through his saints. You see, we are saints and we are called to be about uh, Jesus' mission of making more saints, of seeing more people come to know Jesus. We too have that mission of wanting to seek and to save the lost as, as, as God's church grows and more and more saints are produced as we grow disciples of Jesus Christ for life. That's our vision and uh, that's the joy that we have of knowing we're saints and, and being able to work in, um, in partnership with Jesus by his spirit. So is All Saints a great day? You bet. Is All Saints a great name for a church? Come on, all right. Who's got a better name? We are the saints. So let's celebrate and let's be about our Jesus business. Let me pray. God, our Father, we bring before you now, Lord, the person who we uh, identified as our Zacchaeus, the person who we think might be least likely to come to know you. And that may be impossible, humanly speaking, but Lord, we know that with you, everything is possible. So please work by your Holy Spirit and use us to be a part of that process, to see this person and to see others to come to faith in you. We thank you, Lord, that you, that you call us saints And that we have the privilege of helping others to come to know you in that same way. We pray this for your kingdom and your glory. Amen.